You are listening to the podcast series for Mission to Amish People. Mission to Amish People is a Christian ministry with a threefold purpose of evangelizing and discipling Amish and former Amish, helping Amish people who leave their communities by helping them transition into the English world, and by presenting the ministry to churches nationwide. You can find out more about Mission to Amish People by going to their website at www.mapministry.org. Today's message is an audio conversation entitled Justified by Faith and is part three of five. We all agree that we're justified by faith and works have nothing to do with it. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. So yeah. how can we help? Go ahead. All right. So how can we, if we meet people that trust in their works, how can we help them see that we're justified by faith and not by works? If they think they are justified by works, but still say they believe in Jesus and think they're doing the right things. All right, what do you do? Well, how would you talk to a family member or a, a friend or someone you work with who says, I'm a good person, and I go to church and I believe in Jesus, and I hope I go to heaven someday. I'm not as bad as other people. How would you take these these verses from the Bible and show them the emptiness of what they believe? There's none right. There's no, not one. Yeah, I think you just said it, Paul, there when you said, as people will say, we hope to go to heaven when when, there, when there's just, you know, we, we can have a lively hope and not, not just a hope but a an assurance of salvation. And when people say they hope they go to heaven, it's a pretty good sign that they are trusting in some form of works. Yeah, right, because if the Bible says you can know, and we only hope, and we don't have the full assurance of what God promises us. Amen. But, but but I think, you know, let let's talk about why we know. I mean, an outsider who hasn't been born again yet comes mm-hmm. and he and and he hears people like us talking about having assurance of our salvation and to them it sounds like pride. Yep, that's what it sounds like. And and, and wh- wh- why does it sound like pride to them and and why isn't it pride well, they, they look at a pharisee and publican and they say that we're talking like a pharisee with a certain person i had talked to he talks like i was i would be the pharisee and they'd be talking down on the publican and well you've done so great that you got yourself saved you're farther ahead of the game than i am <laughs> I try to say it's not not me that I'm taking. I'm not taking any of the credit for it. I'm giving the credit to Jesus. He did it all, and uh, I don't think he understood yeah. it though, or unable to explain it right. Yeah, if we were boasting in ourselves, it would be arrogant yes. and foolish. But we can, like Paul said, boast in Christ, and he's, if he's perfect and he's yeah. yes. the unblemished lamb that could pay the price, then it's. Foolish to even discuss of ourselves as worthy of it. Can do it, can do it, and he did do it. And if our confidence and hope is in him, we don't have any reason to doubt. That's it. Come on. Well, I think it goes right back to that to the Pharisee and the, and the public. And you know, uh, I know for years, I 
I I put myself in the publican's place. I I thought here, you know, I was doing all these things that my my religion required me to do in order to be right with God. And you know, I I almost felt kind of like I was bent over and carrying the weight and and you know, in a sense almost like man, why can't others be like me, you know, and but but I considered myself the publican, okay. but it wasn't until after I got saved that I realized that I was a full fledged Pharisee. Pharisee, oh my, yes, and you know, when when we are in the Pharisee's shoes, then yes, for somebody to stand up and say they have assurance of salvation. Uh, it, it would appear to to be pride. I mean, to to say that you've arrived. I don't believe the Pharisee for a moment thought that he had arrived, but he was looking at all the things he was doing to arrive, and he was feeling pretty good about himself. And he even mentioned, you know, at least I'm not like the the publican over there in the corner. I I I fast and I give and I do all these things, and, you know, yeah, it is pride. But once once you are born again and, and it makes sense and, and your eyes are opened up, then you realize that it's not me, and and it, it was all Christ. Yeah, and that's one of the hardest things in, for me in dealing with people that are religious because you have to convince them from the Bible that they're sinners. And they don't see that they're sinners. Like we all thought that we were sinners. And until we see we're sinners, we don't think we need a Savior. I like Joe had shared with me one time about when I don't know what, I forget what exactly he said. He said that there's blinders on the people's eyes that are still under the law. Like they're blinded. Scripture in there, like it's a vase for their face or something they can't see. Mm-hmm. Awful. But they're under the law. It keeps them in the blind. It keeps them blind. The veil is still over them. People that will be justified by works. Right, and sometimes yeah. they they try to work and they don't have peace, so they they try even harder. And they think if they pray more or read the Bible more or or try to be more kind to people, that that will work. And none of it ever works. Until we realize we play zero percent in salvation in being again, just like we had no role in being born of the flesh. Well, um I Paul, can can we come back there to Galatians chapter three? Um we were talking earlier about um okay, where where is this uh, okay, in verse twenty seven. For as many as of for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Uh, I think that the next verse explains verse 27 very clearly. Uh, There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all, and here we, we see that again, all one in Christ Jesus. It's that it's that picture of being immersed as one into Christ. 
uh, if we added baptism to uh, to faith, then it would have to read justified by faith and water. But it says justified by faith, period. Yeah, that's why we're all on the, like you just said, we're all on the same level. It doesn't matter if you have 12 college degrees or a first grade education. When you're justified by faith, you're on the same level as everybody else. And we're all one in Christ. Amen. Praise God. We were talking this week, you know, we have one, you know, you have one pastor maybe that has a, you know, pastoring 500 people, and then you have uh, another person back in the boonies, and and he gets up just like the other pastor every Sunday morning. He studied as hard as the other one. He makes his way to the pulpit and he preaches to 30 people. I mean, um, there again, I, I think we're all the body of Christ, whether we pastor a large group, a small group, whether we pick up the dirt, whether we, whatever we do in Christ, we are one and we're equal. Yeah, my we. Uh, this is Arlen again. I got cut off earlier, but uh, we went. Uh, my wife's brother got baptized on Sunday. And we, it was in a huge uh, Baptist church, Genoa Baptist Church down in Columbus area, Westerville. But it was, oh, it was, they had police out directing traffic at a couple different locations. And the thing that struck me is everything was perfect as far as, you know, the order of service and everything. The, the only thing that kind of uh, I didn't like uh, is that the baptism was just a part of it. You know, it was just a, just a, you know, it was just, it, it wasn't a celebration. Oh. That kind of struck me, you know, the fact that, oh, wow, they, they've got everything together, but they didn't make the baptism a celebration or, you know, like a real, it just kind of struck me. Everything was perfect, but that didn't seem perfect to me. So you felt it was more of just, uh, uh, how would you say, just something that they did or... Uh, right, like a ritual that they that they did, oh. they they... they plunked it at the end of the service and it was just something that people did i mean i think it's me it can be meaningful to the people but it it wasn't uh i always thought that baptism should be like a celebration so i i think i think baptism too is is an outward expression of an inward possession and i uh, i think you know we we ha- we've had a little thing going uh in, in my life here that I have really been struggling with, um, we had a, a young couple that that was living together and had been for two years, and they started going to church. And I, I don't know, I, I, I don't know if they had some kind of a new an experience that they would consider to be the new birth or not. And I understand when somebody gets saved, you don't, immediately uh, become a perfect person in your flesh. I understand all of that. But uh, this pastor then went on to uh, baptize this couple, knowing that they were living together. And um, I said something to the pastor about it, even before he baptized. And he ended up calling me 
judgmental and divisive. And uh, it was, uh, you know, it's just, it was very difficult. I mean, to me, it just seems like when you, when a person gets up and gets baptized, there's got to be, uh, I mean, I, I just really struggle with that. I don't know what you guys think about it. I'm still struggling with it because this couple continues to to live in, in their immor- sexual immorality. And... Yeah. You know, the pastor's comment was, well, if they love someone, Jesus. If someone showed them from the Bible that that was wrong, and they went ahead living like that and even getting baptized like that, that could be dangerous to them. That would be, uh, what is that, unrepentant? Mm-hmm. Am I right? Saying that could be uh, being repentant of past sins or something. And, yeah, and that's where the repentance comes in. When we live one way, and we're saying, by faith in Christ, we turn, we turn from our sin. And if we continue in sin, then how can we say we were justified by Christ? Christ, and if we still follow sin. Right. I understand. Uh, it's, it's concern about that. You know, baptizing someone in that situation. Yeah, I sure understand that. Yeah, right. Especially if they were confronted with it. I wonder if somebody told them that it was wrong. Showed them in the Bible. When the scribes and Pharisees came to John the Baptist to be baptized, he told them to get out of here until you bring forth fruits, meat for repentance, he said. Show that you've changed, right. then we'll baptize you. Yeah. Well, there, the, his argument was that in the book of Acts, when 3,000 people got saved, they immediately baptized them. Oh. And he said there's no way that not at least some of those were living in sexual immorality and yet they got baptized that that was his <laughs> that was his argument yeah and a couple of them that kept sinning didn't make it too long your name was Ananias it was a long time yeah but that's the way the world is now a lot of it where with all this the, all of our culture they teach that you're supposed to love and be kind and we don't talk about the repentance anymore we don't talk about turning from sin because they say God's a God of love and the, the God of wrath we don't like anymore, and we don't like that one. So we'll make our own God. Mm-hmm. That's where... Go ahead. Some people get up when you tell them about Christ, and they say, well, you can tell me you can, you're can. you saying you're saved, and you can go out and live any way you want to. I'm not buying it. That's what they tell us. They tell us when we say we're saved, and you know, you just accept Christ and, you, and Him only for... Uh, justification. You shall know them by their fruits. A yeah. corrupt tree cannot bring forth good fruit, and a good tree cannot bring forth corrupt fruit. And yeah, like we can't. John MacArthur said we can't judge people's hearts, but we can judge their actions. And Jesus said, and when you judge, use righteous judgment. We we make judgments all the time. You have to. It's there's a book of judges. It's not. But on things like that, it's not us judging them. It's us saying what God has already judged. Okay. So how should we be different then? If we've been justified by faith and we know it no longer works, how would that change our lives? Yeah, back, back in the Old Testament, you know, like if somebody came, you know, did something wrong, I mean, God revealed it directly, you know, like, you know, he struck them down or something like that. But it's it's hard because, because you, you know, you... It's not that evident, it seems. 
Yeah, in the book of in the book of Acts, Ananias and Sapphira were killed. People didn't join the church if they weren't serious because it said they feared God. They feared the church. They were afraid if they didn't live right. If it was just a pretend thing, they might die too. And now it is like like it was in the days of Noah, where they think they just go on sinning and making up their own ideas about God, and nothing's going to happen. But pretty soon the rain's going to start coming, and they're going to realize they're wrong. We need to. Take advantage of the time we have to warn people to be justified by faith. All right, praise the Lord. Yeah, it's very easy to to water down uh, salvation when it comes, you know, when when it, and that's that's exactly why so many people do not believe in being justified by faith yep. simply because they've watched the lives. That's all. Okay. I I I think. If there ever was a day, it is the day uh, that we need to, if we name the, the name of Christ, we have to recognize the responsibility that comes with that. No, we're not perfect, but but when we fail, we're very willing to make it right, not just before God, but also before men. Thank you for listening to this podcast series. Check out Mission to Amish People online at www.mapministry.org or keep up to date with us on Facebook and Google+. Thank you again and have a blessed day.